Happy Friday, and congratulations on making through another week here on the Airport Minute, where each and every day, Monday through Friday, we go over one minute of the greatest disaster movie ever made, the 1970 Universal Pictures movie, Airport. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of TVDads.com. And I'm host number two, Mark Cerulli of CovertOps.tv, and we are joined in the cockpit by Steve Lasto, the co-host of the Princess Bride Minute. Hi, guys. Hey, Steve. Thanks for being on the show, and uh, you are uh, among the people of uh, of this particular week that we've been trying to find is people who haven't seen the movie or haven't seen much of the movie. Give them a minute. Let them uh, let them digest it and figure out whether or not they like the rest of the movie or what the heck's going on. So uh, you, you seem to fall into all of those categories, uh, and you got a, a particularly – well, it, it, this is kind of a, a pretty good minute. Even if you don't know the movie, you can tell there's a lot of things going on, I guess. But uh, do you have an initial reaction on just seeing this one minute by itself? Um, I have a lot of questions. Okay. I There's a lot that doesn't make sense to me, and it seems like there's <laughs> a lot that doesn't make sense to the characters talking to each other. Got it. So con- confusion is definitely the um, the guiding principle, I bring. Well, well, that, that's, that's the nature of this whole movie, so that, that's great. <laughs> it's, um, we, we'd started with uh, Dean Martin there in the... Uh, in the pilot, uh, or he's the co-pilot's position, talking on the radio to a guy in a in an egg in the middle, in the, middle of the screen. That's uh, Rince Priebus, by the way, of the <laughs> Republican uh, committee. I always think he looks like Bill Gannon from, uh, or you know, Colonel Potter from uh, Mash. Just kind of a, <laughs> he's got a great. Uh, that's a great headset too. That's a real mission control kind of headset he's got on. Um, so. Uh, Dino seems to have just finished talking to uh, to the fellow in the egg, and he wants to know what uh, the status of Runway Two Niner is. And uh, no, no change. So is is the response, which is makes the uh, the pilot and co-pilot kind of look at each other like, really? I, I would imagine this is kind of in itself. He they they want to know about the runway that they're about to, that they're gonna they want to land on, and uh, nothing's changed in the situation there. I don't, I don't, Steve, do you know anything about the background of this movie, about, about where, what's going on in airport? I don't know. So what, I, I don't think I really know anything about the background. I, I feel like I watched the first 15 minutes, like maybe 10 or 15, maybe 20 years ago and turned it off. Okay. I, I really like movies that I, I lump into this, this genre from the seventies. Like I like, I love like the towering Inferno and the Poseidon, particularly the Poseidon adventure. Right. Um, the seventies, this, this would Qualifies as a 70s disaster movie, right? Yeah, this is oh, actually the, sure. the granddaddy of them all. It starts in 1970, and it, it really kicked off all those earthquakes and uh, you know, even stuff like Jaws. That, that All that came from this, this mega blockbuster disaster, and you've got big stars floating all around. It's kind of like the love boat, only with uh, explosions and stuff. Explosions are good. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we, uh, we only have one in this one, but it's it's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just spoil the movie for me? Well, no, no, no. There are. I mean, we don't tell you where, 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 or when the explosion is happening. But uh, some, you know, there, there's, there's stuff it's, before the end credits. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. No, there were, there's no post credit sting in this movie. Huh? No, no, no. Unless you consider when in uh, Hollywood visit. When in Universal Southern Studios. California, yeah. Yeah, please visit. visit. Yeah. Yeah, visit Universal Studios. So uh, other than that, it's, it's kind of a <laughs> get up and leave, leave the popcorn bag behind. Um, but, uh, yeah, I guess it, it does, it does have the feel of all the ones that would come. This one isn't a, um, Irwin Allen, so it doesn't have the, as many, uh, I, I, I would say less, uh, less flames. I don't think there are any flames in this movie, but there's, uh, 
and and you know falling stunt people we don't see as many, much as that but they were they were just starting out here so it's it's something they're still feeling their way around on how to how to portray a disaster well, I definitely like some of the, the the later stuff that we mentioned. I mean, I, I love the Poseidon adventure growing up. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Which one? The obviously the original. No, come on. Yeah, yeah the original. I the love original. the original. We, we Jim, Jim and I always talk about the the scene of Leslie Nielsen, Captain Leslie Nielsen, sliding the glass door shut. You know, <laughs> yeah. it comes down. The tsunami about to go, and he just sits there and goes, goes oh, my "Oh my god!" god. Yeah. Uh, actually, it's a tradition in my family that at uh, 37 minutes after 11 we put on the to poseidon adventure and it matches up with uh when when new year's hits that's that's when the uh, the boat gets hit swamped and uh been doing a cover, cover for a couple of years it's very wrong but it's we, really terrifying jim it is <laughs> if you I, I think that i think that's awesome yeah <laughs> it, the only the only way to enjoy that movie is you know in real time uh but uh, we'll be doing the Poseidon Adventure Minute probably around 2028, uh, I think, would be when we get around to it with all the other ones. Um, but this, yeah, this this one's pretty good. It's got, and this this one has that great Alfred Newman score. You've got all the, the French horns, just just from a guy driving around with a, you know, with a Ford station wagon with a, head, you know, with a, with a flashing light on it. It it seems exciting. They've got all those Edith Head costumes. I mean, we're, we're seeing the. Gene Seberg in the in the in the front of that station wagon, just looking. Mm-hmm. Uh, she looks. Why well, why is she there? Oh, sorry. Oh well. I'm just gonna say she looks so beautiful in every frame of this movie. Yeah, yeah. She just looks like they hair and makeup spent about three hours on her, and they they stuck her on the set, and they say here just not a not a hair out of place. But but Bert's jacket is looking a little dirty. What happened? Yeah, there? he looks like he washed the dog in that jacket. Um, it's. I guess it was just slushy snow, but yeah, she's, she's hydraulic fluid. She's there to be uh, the girl that Burt Lancaster talks to. That's pretty much her job in the whole. Yeah, thing. and then make him an omelet later. Well, not an, well, well. We'll talk about all that stuff later. That's all all later later stuff. But uh, mostly she's there because <laughs> otherwise otherwise Burt would be talking to himself. I think that's the only reason that she's she's there. Um, we had a previous minute where she says, what do we do now? And it's like, what have you done this entire movie? Not, just sit there and, and listen to Bert complain about stuff. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's been it's been two hours of this movie. <laughs> yeah. Ahead, what minute are we on right now? We're on, we're on one, minutes. 411. One, no, no, it's 120. Oh 120. We're on, we're, we're this, we just started the second hour of this movie. Congratulations. Yeah. it's <laughs> Who'd have thought we'd get this far? Bert, Bert Lancaster is listening in to Dean Martin, uh, checking on the status of Runway 29er, as we just heard. He, they're listening to a little air, aircraft radio that's in the car. And uh, there is, uh, well, just just letting you in on a piece of the information, There is the, the reason that the runway is, there's a, there's a status on that particular runway is because there's a 707 that's stuck in the snow next to the runway. Oh. So that all becomes clear. That's stuck seven. That yeah. changes everything. Yeah, the, the, yeah. There's a 707 in the air, and then there's another one stuck on the ground. So Mel calls Danny at the snow desk, and Danny, back in his miserable desk and his miserable job, with and all he has in life is a, on his wall. He doesn't have pictures of his kids or his wife or anything. He's got pictures of the runway, and he has a picture of a snowblower uh, up there around second thirty. <laughs> he just has a miserable, horrible life. He's got that. He's wearing like a. Well, what does he say about his job? It's it's what I like and it's what I know. Yeah. No, 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 only no, Bert could make a yeah. line like that sound good. Yeah, Bert says that. But I mean, this guy, Danny, 
I think just Danny, Danny's only joy in life is knowing that Burt Lancaster is going down. He's going to have to pay for a broken airplane if they, if those snow plows screw up the, uh, uh, the 707 that's stuck on the, on the thing. And he's just kind of reveling in telling, telling Burt better you than me. <laughs> right, right, right. So. So, so what he says here makes no sense. Um, which one call, calls it a hatchet job? Oh, that's Danny. Danny on the Danny at the snow desk, who is uh, he's actually Bert's under. You know, uh, Mel is Mel is Bert Lancaster. He's Mel's underling, and he's telling him that you know if uh, if they do a real hatchet job on the plane, then they're going to do a hatchet job on uh, on Bert, who runs the airport. Do you think that line of dialogue? So a hatchet job never refers to anything but a, a verbal or a written attack. Um, according to the internet anyway. Oh, okay. Uh, do you think that line of dialogue was meant to be like, like an intentional sort of play on words? Or do you think they just got it, got it wrong? And now that I'm, now that I'm thinking about it, it seems kind of awkward as opposed to just wrong. Well, I think it had to job. He's trying to get the, uh, it's probably, it's probably an incorrect appellation for, for what's going to happen. It's going to do, I mean, they're probably pretty much going to make a, make a mess of that, of the 707. If you drive eight snow plows attached to tow, you know, attached to dump trucks into a 707, the 707 is going to lose. Talking about the hatchet job, I, th- I think it's just, that's, that's what it's going to look like. It's going to look like the, the plane was attacked by hatchets. And uh, then the owners of that plane, the, the $8 million 707, as we found out in an earlier minute, ah. uh, the, you know, all the, the owners of the lawyers that, but the weirdest part is, is that it's the same air, airline that owns the 707 that's stuck on the ground that's up in the air and uh, both of the airplanes are having problems i mean they can't get the, the 707 uh, that's stuck in the snow can't get out and the 707 that's in the air is uh is crippled there's some problems with it, it for some reason they can't reach the lead pilot to get approval to get the to get the plane moved out of the way so mel's calling all the shots here and so he has to tell danny to go you know scrape a 707 off the runway meanwhile oh, i'm sorry go ahead so just my my take on this was when i heard stuck seven my step my, my, my take on it was that stuck seven was the plane in the air and the landing he couldn't get the landing oh. gear down and that and that and with that in mind none of what i wrote down makes any sense got it no no that that makes sense no i understand understanding how you see that because it's like why are they moving a snowplow out? You know, what are they talking about? The hatchet job. Yeah, the hatchet job. There's actually two planes that we're talking about. There's two 707. Yep. So that probably changes the whole mental picture of how this is going on. You know, they're, and they're they're talking about. I mean, there's a lot of sevens in this thing. They're talking about the the center is going to expect a, a handoff to Lincoln. Lincoln is the name of the airport. Lincoln. It, it basically it's O'Hare. Lincoln approach is going to get it at 107. But he but the uh, the guy at the tower says 17. Then they've got 11 minutes, and it's 11 minutes before, like right now it's about three minutes before 1 a.m. So it gives them 11 minutes to make a decision on whether or not they're going to open the runway or shut the runway down. The uh, The issue is is that the plane can't turn very well. So they'll have to commit to either runway 29, which is closed, or runway 22, which is open, but it's a crosswind runway, and they're not sure if the plane can stop. It's a shorter runway, and it, it, it they're not sure if they can... Uh, with the way that the plane is handling, they don't know if they can stop it once it lands on the snow and ice. So generally, uh, it, and it's, this is kind of like the last 10 minutes of the, or it's the last 17 minutes of the movie. So there's not, there's not a lot, a lot of story left. The only thing that's left is, will they be able to get the other plane off the runway and land the plane, land the, land the planes in the air, but not a, it's, and this, this scene that we're seeing is mostly just 
talking. It's people, you know, they're not. Well, you have the shot of the Tonka truck, uh, you know, snow plows. That's right. That that is true. Yeah. Yeah. You get them and they've raised their blades, which means that they look Mm. like they're serious. You're saluting. They're saluting. Are, Are they actually Tonka trucks? No, no, they're real. They're actually they're, that that would be awesome. Yeah, it would have yeah. been great. Well, yeah. it's funny. It's like to me, they all look fake, but Jim assures me they they were real. The the, the the other fake is, of course, the plane flying through the air. Yeah, the plane which, is for 1970. That's that was a great Hollywood special effect, right? Yeah, Jim? yeah, just flying into the uh, the crushed ice and uh, you know dry, the dry ice smoke. Um, but you know, those are real. We talked with the we had the head. Of, this was actually filmed at uh, Minneapolis St. Paul Airport, and we had the the real life counterpart to Burt Lancaster was was on our show a couple of episodes ago, and he explained that that, that conga line, that the trucks that we're seeing there, they're still being used 40 years later. This is this is still how they how they handle snow on the on the runway. Hmm. Yeah, he he said they're they're still in heavy use. So I guess those things must be fully depreciated by now. <laughs> uh, we have another we have another view that that fellow that uh, Doug who's in the. Uh, He's in ground control. The guy, the guy that's on the phone talking to him, telling him about what the times are for the the handoffs and stuff. That guy's actually the technical advisor for the movie. He's a real air traffic controller, and told them how to talk, which gives it a, a certain air of authenticity. Everything that they're saying, it's the way that you talk when you're on the radio at an airport. So it's a it's a very realistic uh, environment that we're seeing here. Even though it's you know 1970, they didn't really care that much. Based on what you've seen, would you ra- would you like to see the rest of the movie? Does this, does this make you interested in the rest of the movie, or does it? I don't know. How, how do you feel when, after you've seen this minute? It it does not, and I'm not <laughs> sure that anything you've said has helped it. Okay. But be, but just because I've exposed myself to this much, I I think I I feel you like I have to see the rest pound. of it. Yeah, 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 you're in for the other other, other 136 minutes. Okay, well we are gonna <laughs> we're gonna physically force you to watch the next two two hours and uh, 16 minutes of this movie. But if we if we could have you on another time uh, after after seeing this one little minute, you you don't have to watch this minute again, but you can watch the other the other 136 minutes of it. And uh, I can if, do that if you could report back on how you feel about the movie after you've seen it. If if the entirety of the movie changes your opinion of just seeing this minute. I know that's a. I know you're you're working on the Princess Bride, and that's a that's a big commitment. But if you can uh, <laughs> if you can if you give up two two hours and uh, sixteen minutes of your life, this would you know be well well worth it for another episode. So uh, you have twenty fifteen minutes left. Uh, yeah, we have we have fifteen minutes left of the movie, or uh, sixteen. Actually, we have it's 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 one twenty, so one thirty. Yeah, uh, seventeen minutes left of the movie. I think I can get this. I think if you give me a few days, I can I can squeeze it in. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> you can watch it in little bits. Yeah. Just, uh, but yeah, based on, based on my last experience, that may be how it goes down. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. We, if you can just watch it in like yeah, ten minute clumps, that would be that would be swell. We we only we watch it one minute at a time, so it's really hard. <laughs> but the, yeah, there is. It, I, I keep thinking I'm gonna get tired of the movie. I'm I am tired of some of the scenes. We've been in that that. <laughs> That station wagon with Bert and uh, Gene Seberg. Yeah. We've been in that station wagon for what feels like weeks. <laughs> and we were in the uh, we were in the executive lounge. Yeah, for... with the fireplace for oh god, yeah. I think that was the entire month of October. So uh, there's there are there are certain settings in this movie that just crawl. Generally, it's still entertaining to me. I, I would like to when this when this series ends, I would like to sit down and watch the movie and see how I feel about the movie after it's over. We might do a a minute one thirty eight if I can convince Mark and Mark has a large enough martini uh, to just yeah. do a do a year in review kind of thing. 
but it's uh it's quite a it, it to me it still holds up when i when i watch the individual minutes i i really enjoy these characters i feel like in <laughs> since since august we these people have really grown on us i think it's just I don't. I don't know. I mean, I'm. I'm trying to picture. We've Mark and I have committed to a couple of other things, and I've committed to a lot, a lot more movies. I'm not sure about dealing with movies in a minute format. How, how much this like? If you do it at all, I guess we'd have to ask uh, Pete the retailer and uh, Comic Book Alex how how they've handled the six movies so far. But wow. it's it's a really hard way to watch a movie over time after you've really gotten down to the to the end. It will you'll we'll, we'll have to see how, how you're doing at the end of Princess Bride to see how you still feel about the movie. What one of the things that um that that that's made the Princess Bride a, a surprising joy so far. Not that not that I was surprised that I love it, but you know that, that I I was worried about the the slowing down of it is that it, it is the Princess Bride moves really 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 fast from the get-go. Okay. Yeah. Um like you cover like the, the amount of ground the Princess Bride covers in the first 10 minutes is is unbelievable. Um, I can't compare it to this movie exactly, but just to compare that to Star Wars, you don't mean Han Solo till you're 40 minutes into the movie, and you don't mean Princess Leia for another 20 minutes or so. No, you have met Princess Leia, but you don't mean Han Solo for 40 minutes. Yeah. You know, so that's a that's a relatively slow start in itself, which is what I love about Star Wars. But the Princess Bride, you you, you know. It's got three. It's got three credits at the beginning. Three, you know, three, you know, MGM and yeah. one or two other things, and then you're in the story. And then a, a minute and a half later, you're in Florin. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. It's yeah. A this really this, fast ride. This one we didn't meet the the villain of the piece until minute twenty seven. So you know, half an hour in, you're not sure exactly what. You know, you thought there was one story going on with a stuck 707 on the runway that that, that lasts through the entire movie, but you don't find out the the other the big story that's going on. We don't even meet the characters until a half an hour in, so it's a uh, yeah, it's a it's a bit of a hike on this film. But I I think it's it might be just I mean that that was an '80s movie and this movie from 1970. It's just the pace is so different. But this is what this is the pace that audiences back then were expecting. They were expecting a lot of character, a lot of still shots of two people talking and you know and just dragging on like this. But it, it you know once you get into the rhythm of it, it's like it's okay, but. It, I can't imagine a movie like this showing up. You could you couldn't have a movie like this show up in 2017. People would go out of their minds, like you know, like poor Mark is doing. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I keep telling Jim, if you want to do Airplane, I'm your man. <laughs> I like Airplane. I, I mean, I can appreciate the 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 filmmaking and the acting in this. You know, I mean, even Dean Martin, who usually kind of I don't want to say sleepwalks, but you look at the Matt Helm movies and he's kind of drifting his way through. I mean, he, he puts in a credible performance. Yeah, yeah. And the, the stuff that's coming up, we're we're coming down to the last minutes and we're, we have music here and there's a scene coming up where there's a lot of music. But there's so much like just plain old acting. They drop all the music for the last maybe 10 minutes of the movie as, as, mm-hmm. as you're getting to the, the climax of this thing. And all you're hearing is like engine noise and people talking and it, you know, I mean, it's still gripping. So it gives you an idea of, and that's how they start the movie out too. Yeah. Yeah. There's just, you know, just, just a lot of talking. Yeah. And it's just a different way of making the movie, but it's still, I mean, it's, it's been fascinating. It's been a fascinating trip watching this thing, but uh, Steve, we'd love to have you on uh, sometime in the (laughs) next 17 episodes to see how you feel about the rest of the movie. So if if you could, I'll send you a, a, a way to, 
to see the rest of this movie. Um, but we will we will check back with you and see how if, if your opinion changed on the movie after you've seen the whole thing. Fair so, enough. Okay, great. Well, uh, folks, please check out the uh, the new Princess Bride minute, and it is it is the Princess Bride minute dot com or is it Princess Bride minute dot com? It is the Princess Bride minute dot com. Jonathan would um, have a fit if we didn't use a V, he okay. told me. <laughs> okay, so theprincessbrideminute.com is where you can get all your brand new uh, fixes for uh, uh, Buttercup. And uh, <laughs> it, <laughs> it, is, it is a great is, is a great movie. So you can have fun storming the castle over there. And uh, for if you'd like to uh, join us on social media, we're available on Twitter at uh, Airport Minute, Facebook Airport Minute, and the Airport Minute Commanders Club. Look for us all the time at airportminute.com, where you can get all your cool swag. Like, uh, well, we won't we won't tell you what the swag is because it'll spoil things for Steve. But he can check it out after the movie's done. And uh, you can also pick up a copy of this movie in uh, you know the old-fashioned DVD or Blu-ray, and you can also get it on digital uh, through Amazon right from our site. So go check that out, airportminute.com, and. Uh, this has been a great week on finding finding people who haven't seen the movie and still have opinions. So that's there great. are plenty of them. Yes, there are. So many people have not seen this movie yet. So uh, we'll we'll be talking with uh, some of them who have seen the movie next week uh, here and uh, some uh, some professionals that you know actually criticize movies for a living. They'll be on they'll be on next week too. So uh, check us out here. Uh, also go to iTunes if you want to hear this. Uh, get in and have it delivered to you every day at iTunes. Just search for Airport Minute and press subscribe. You can get it delivered to you hot and fresh every night. So uh, join us. <laughs> <laughs> Just like Dean Martin. Just like Dean Martin. He's hot and fresh. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, without all that uh, olive breath. So uh, join, join us here uh, next week on the Airport Minute. Until then, good day. Bye-bye. See ya. Nice going, sweetheart. Remind me to send a thank you note to Mr. Bowling. Mm-hmm.